Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota's hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power, savings with style, and tons of top tech. Think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to the Bulls Talk Podcast. I am your host, Tony Gill, and along with me are my friends, Bulls Insider, Casey Johnson for MC Sports Chicago, and Bulls Social Media Expert, Toy Rubenstein. How you doing, guys? Oh, we're great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to them. Yeah, yeah. We'll, get, we'll get to that. <laughs> Can't wait to drive to Indiana tomorrow. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, but before we get all into all the fun of Bulls basketball and discussing about Bulls basketball, um, I think it's important enough for us to just to give our thoughts and prayers to uh, Michigan State and the students of Michigan State uh, University. Uh, they had a it, it's a mass shooting. Like I, I can't say anything less than it was another uh, shooting at at a school at a place of higher learning where people go to. Uh, better themselves and to feel safe in an environment with their peers. Um, so it was very unfortunate that uh, this has happened once again uh, in the state of, of America. But we sent thoughts and press to uh, the people that were impacted uh, and the families uh, that are connected to that university. Uh, this is Big Ten country. So um, we just want to give a special, special shout out to the Michigan State uh, family before we get going with uh, the silliness that is the Bulls right now. So. That's well said, Tony. I mean, uh, while you're saying that, the words, how many more? It's funny that mm-hmm. David Crosby just passed. Remember the great song, Ohio, by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young? I'm not a classic rock guy, but like all you hear is David Crosby yelling in the background of that song, how many more? And that's mm-hmm. in 1971 off yeah. the Kent State shooting. Mm-hmm. Here we are 52 years later. How many more? Mm-hmm. How many more? All right, we're not going to get political on the Bulls Talk podcast. Yeah. But how many more? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, tough transition, but uh, here we go, guys. The Bulls, four in a row, losses. We can also apply how many more to that. Yeah, how many, right. How many more of those? Um, Casey, I think we should start with actually something that you brought up about the Bulls record in the last – essentially last season of basketball, not specific season, but the last 82 games for the Bulls. They are a under 500 team uh, with that record. And we got to start asking ourselves why and what happened. Yeah. So um, it's kind of, it's kind of, it matches up because, you know, obviously the slide started last season uh, after the all-star or right around the all-star break. Um, So if you, they got 25 games left this season. If you take the last 25 games from last season, they are 36 and 46 over those 82 games. That's 10 games under 500. And as of right now, with this four-game losing streak, this season projects to be 37 and 45. So you've got a 36-win team over an 82-body bo- game, 82-game body of work, 
documented, and it's projecting to be a 37-win team this season. Now, that obviously can change if they start playing better, but I'm not seeing a lot of evidence that that's going to be happening. So I think we can, like, declare that what the – well, we don't know what the team is, which is part of the reason that they're, they don't know what they are <laughs> is part of the reason that they're, but I think we can declare that they are not a good basketball team. Officially on yeah, this officially, podcast, yeah. you heard it here first. <laughs> we are the first people that have ever said that this season. Yeah, it's underwhelming. So, uh, you know, uh, our tourist city is going to use these last, at the time it was 28 games to evaluate. Um, they've got 25 left now. He expects them to be a playoff team still. I'm seeing them go in the other direction, but there is a lot of time left. Um, but you, we need to get into the reasons why they're ten games under five hundred over over a five over an eighty two game body of work. And it seems like they, I don't, are they aware that they're on that trajectory? It doesn't seem like it from the way they play. I would argue that it seems like they do, in that they've. I don't want, I hate to say given up, but because I don't believe that they, I don't think that they're athletes. I don't think that they've given up, but it's giving them up. That's like, I don't know. You it's, even giving, say, giving it's, up. it's giving, giving up. <laughs> like, I just feel like they, even like at the, first, at the end of the first quarter um, of yesterday's game, mm-hmm. you could just like the demeanor kind of changed yeah. it, and they just weren't, they didn't have the fire from there on out. And it just kind of feels like they give up on games. Yeah. Like when they get down. Billy talks about it, about what happened. You know, in, in the post games, that the level of competitiveness uh, wasn't there. And it's one of those trigger words now for me. It's like, then what was there? Like, who, who showed up today to, to win a basketball game other than just show up to do a job? Right? Like, who is taking the reins on, all right, guys, let's get this together. Like, the... This three-game skid is is enough. We have an opportunity to win this game. We're better than the Orlando Magic. It's it. That's another thing too. I tweeted that out. I was like, "What?" It seems like there's no confidence like the Orlando Magic have playing against the Bulls. <laughs> they are the ultimate confident team. I would like some of that confidence in everyday life. The amount of confidence that they have when they see that Bulls red, like it's it's weird, but. I want to be as delusional as the Orlando Magic going they, through my day. Yeah, I don't I don't understand this team. They say that they like each other. They they say that they enjoy being around each other and they play for each other. I don't see it. Like I don't see it at at all when I watch them play basketball. And I'm and I'm not a professional athlete. I wasn't even a division division 1 athlete. So, like I have a high school level education of basketball. That's that's the highest level I played. But I have been in a team setting, and it it just doesn't look like they enjoy playing basketball with each other on this team. We've all watched enough basketball and sports to know what a team looks like, a professional team looks like that wants that that is gelling together and has that fire. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all more than qualified to speak on whether or not a team looks like they do, and the Bulls just don't. You saw it when they were. 50. Uh, 15 games over 500 last season. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. Since then, it's been 36 and 46. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I will say this is always a dangerous time of year for for teams uh, that are, you know, kind of underachieving with the all-star break is, to your guys' point, you, you see, you don't want to say giving up. I will say, having covered pro sports as long as I have, athletes don't give up. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's antithetical to who they are. They're too personally 
driven. I know it, it looks like they're kind of checked out right now um, by their play, but I think that's just frustration from losing. Um, and this is, but I will say this is definitely a team badly in need of an all star break. <laughs> yeah. Why is the all star break like? Isn't it just put it in the middle? Why is it like two thir- three? Yeah, Jason. Season? Jason mentioned that on the, on the oh, podcast. Really? Like that for a while. Yeah, I know. I love. I love how players say like the second half. There's 25 games. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't like break. that. I feel like that's what they're like. Oh, we still got a whole half left. And it's like no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, for the teams that are in contention and fighting for seeding, it is like an exciting sprint of basketball when you you're watching or following a team that's actually like in it. Um, that's but true. But for for the team like the Bulls, where you know, it's been like a very slow and boring roller coaster ride uh, for this team. It just it doesn't feel like it's going to be an entertaining back half or final stretch for them. And Casey, I know the question is, you know, why you know is that? I don't know, man. I've got three reasons. Okay, why they're thirty six and forty six over the last eighty two games. They don't have a true point guard. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough three point shooting. That's a big one. And then the biggest one is I do think that there's enough body of evidence now that you could say whether or not you want to call the big three a failure, I probably wouldn't go that far because they're all very talented players and they have times where they play well together. I think it's pretty clear there's a ceiling yeah, for those three. But together. would they be better with – like would that big three be able to mesh together better with a point, true point guard? Yes, it happened last yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So – yeah, it's just the, the roster is not if, constructed if, to right. for them to succeed. But if if it was that fragile, where one of again not of the best three players goes down, that it was able to crumble like that, right? Like how successful was it True. really, even with you know Lonzo? Yeah, that's the maddening thing. But I mean, you know, you could some people say it was an easy schedule or what have you, but that style of play was legit for a mm-hmm. long time. And that's the maddening thing if your management is kind of, you know, they feel like that vision was working. Mm-hmm. And then Lonzo goes down, and now the vision is pretty exposed, and mm-hmm. they have a lot of work to do. Uh, to me, it starts with shooting. I mean, you just cannot win in today's modern NBA with that shooting deficit that they have yeah. game in and game out. This is a team that relies – too much on mid-range. They don't get enough at the free throw line. Um, you know, their formula last season was getting out in transition and score, turning their defense and offense. That's largely gone by the wayside um, since Lonzo went down. So this is a team that relies on mid-range and two-pointers. They don't shoot three-pointers. They don't get to the free throw line enough. That's a tough formula for success. Their offensive rating with three extremely talented offensive players that this team is built around is in the is in the bottom third of the league, and I would say that even last season when they were doing really well, um, and what would it was ten games over five hundred, it was still they were still never going to win the championship because they still were last in th- in three point attempts, right. and you're not going to win. Like I know that wasn't maybe necessarily the goal last season, but like you're not going to go far in the playoffs without three point shooting, and it was bound to, even like with Lonzo if Lonzo stayed, like it was bound to go. A, a little south last season just based on solely not having a three-point shooter yeah i um but i think that whatever happened with the coaching wise what happened with the team and their style of play went with demar Derozan. he doesn't shoot threes he has the ball a lot you're probably not going to shoot a lot of threes if the system is built around him which either purposely or just kind of the way the team went that's where it went 
So if if you're depending on your best player to lead that charge, hey guys, we got to get more threes. We got to. That's not the way he plays. Yeah, but the ball was popping a lot more when Lonzo was in the lineup. I mean, Demar wasn't. It was. It wasn't ISO as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, Demar was getting into his spots, but it was more off of ball movement and ball whipping around the perimeter, ball moving up in transition. Mm-hmm. Zach and Lonzo spacing the floor with their three point shooting ability. It was a pretty lethal attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to go back and look at what their offensive rating was through the first 35 games, but it was, but you know, I think, I believe they were top 10 in both offense and defense in mm-hmm. those first He could throw that games. ball to anybody on the yeah. court at any time. I miss watching that dude play basketball. I said that many times. In the Bulls talk, Bulls talk <laughs> but I mean, it, it's devolved. It's, it's devolved into this kind of stalemate style of basketball where you're, they're not giving themselves the room for error. That's what the three point right. shot does. It gives you room to make mistakes in other areas or slippage in other areas because you're getting that extra point yep. or you're attempting that extra point. So if 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 they can't do that, they're not going to win these games. I mean, we talked about it on the last podcast. That, look, if you're not shooting enough threes, if you're not rebounding, you're not getting to the free throw line, there's a very specific area of how you can win basketball. Which is games. DeMar DeRozan. Scoring 40 right. points. That, that is very, very specific, and it's not sustainable. And that's something Billy has said. Like, that's not sustainable for any type of, of long-term winning. So, I I don't know. I don't know. It's very frustrating, though. Very frustrating. Not frustrating for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> frustrating for fans, but it's yeah. not frustrating for me. I'm frustrated, too, Tony. I just write about the team. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think also, like, again, not to – Again, not to say that they, the competitive, that they're not, not to say that they've given up, but it's when you don't see that, it's like kind of like how the White Sox, reminds me of how the White Sox were operating last season. I know I have PTSD, so I'm sorry for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. But like at some point, it's like just, I want somebody to like look like they're pissed off at any point. Like, why is Dalen the only one who's emoting? And he's yeah. not even emoting in the correct way. Yeah. He's like, it's... I need somebody to get angry. I'm so sick of like seeing Billy at the, po- <laughs> at the press game or post game, just with the same like, oh, you know, like, it just wasn't there. It's like, it it wasn't there because it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's it's crazy that Dalen is being lauded with praise because I'm... he's actually playing with the fervor. Yeah, that should be expected. That team, right, it should be a expected level of play. Well, I'd push back on that a little bit. Okay. Uh, are you... I mean, if you watch Zach last night, mm-hmm. Zach made a huge emphasis to get downhill and attack every time he touched the ball. That's mm-hmm. Zach's way of emoting. I mean, he realized yeah. that they were not playing with urgency. He realized he was not catching shooting. He was not taking threes. He was driving that ball. And now it led to some turnovers at times. I think turnovers have been an issue for him of late. But he, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I think he got to the line eight, nine maybe 10 times. Mm-hmm. I can look that up while you guys stall. But that I would, but I, I know what it looks like. It's like, here comes the rookie, you know, head button the stanchion while you've got, you know, um, while you've got, um, you know, veterans easing into games. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, DeMarco Rose is not going to go out, come out and start head button stanchions. That's just, I, I, yeah, I know, yeah, ask, but like, he could be, be mad that they're losing. He is mad. Yeah. He's very mad. He just, he, I know. He, I'm around these guys. They're not happy. Okay. Yeah. They all just you can't ask them to be people who they're not. You know what I mean? And and, and maybe that's true. That's why I think that goes into the the buyout market um, that the Bulls are rumored to be in. 
They're not rumored. They are. Yeah. Um, There's no rumors. Yeah. They're in it. In terms of the, the, the type of player that they are looking to add. And there's a specific line, a consistent line with at least two of the players, Pat Beverly and Russell Westbrook, that seems to be needed in this locker room, which is a consistent competitiveness, despite what they lack in bringing on the court uh, in terms of what the Bulls need. Three-point shooting. Um, and just uh, overall just playmaking uh, aspect. Of the game, so Casey. I don't know if you're looking up the. No, I, he was eight for eight from the line, but okay. I'm texting our boss right now. So oh, keep, sorry. Keep, keep, keep <laughs> but <laughs> shout out to our boss, yeah. um, one of many. Yeah. Tori, your thoughts about I have thoughts? I have oh, 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 okay. Um, your thoughts. You can start with Tori, but okay. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I have not disengaged from the podcast. <laughs> no. I'm just sending a text to a boss. Okay. If you want to be, I here. can multitask. <laughs> I'm a father of teenagers, yeah. man. Um. Your thoughts about Russell Westbrook possibly becoming the Chicago Bull? I mean, does it, like, thrill me? No, but I'm down for anything. Like, I'm down for for a mix-up. I'm down. This isn't working. So, yeah. why not? That's my thoughts. Yeah, so I would say this about the buyout market. First of all, um, it's clear that they are going to try to add a veteran point guard. I would put John mm-hmm. Wall in that mix as well. Mm-hmm. That's the name I've, I've written. You should monitor. Um, and my feeling is I understand that Russell Westbrook is a polarizing player and his weaknesses do not, you know, solve the Bulls' weaknesses in terms mm-hmm. of three-point shooting, turnovers, et cetera. But we're talking when they get out of the all-star break, they have 23 games left. We're talking 23 games. Mm-hmm. This is not some long-term big-money commitment. This is a flyer yeah. on a guy – that they're going to throw out there and see what happens. And, like, it'll maybe, like, set something off in the other players, too. Like, yeah. the big change has been made. We yeah. got This is a different team. Yeah, so I got no problem with it. It's it's just yeah. it's just, a, it's just throwing something against the wall well, yeah. to, see, to, to, see, to see if it works. And people say, like, well, Russell's a ball-dominant guy. How's that going to affect Zach and DeMar? That's on the coaching staff. <laughs> yeah. They got to figure that out. Yeah. That's what you pay them for. Yeah. So, so I got no problem with it. Um, and I will say that from my reporting, I would say my sense, and I don't know this is a hundred percent accurate, but it's probably pretty close. That's, this is the, this is the, this is the informed speculation mm-hmm. that I have based on my conversations is they are waiting on Russ to see what he decides. Cause there's no guarantee Russ is not going to either go home and collect paycheck from the Utah Jazz mm-hmm. or stay with the Utah Jazz. There's still that's still in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. The Clippers, it's well documented they're openly courting him, so that's in play. Mm-hmm. So my sense is they're waiting to see how the Russ thing resolves, and if they don't get him, then they would move on to another target of uh, John Wall or uh, Patrick Beverly. So, so he's their like their main target. I yes, guess, Okay, that's my that's my. That's informed. Yes. yes. Okay. I'm not sourcing that out right. or saying that's definitive, but that's my informed uh, speculation based on conversations I've had. Okay. Um, I uh, I don't know, if, Casey. You remember when the first go around when Russ was up for for either a trade possibility that the Bulls were 
Um, there was a lot of conversation. The one with the 27 and 29 first round picks? Yeah. That was made up. That was made up by the media. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> that, that, that conversation never even happened. Yeah. Right. It wow. was people saying this would be a good trade for the Bulls to make. Uh-huh. Zach Levine for Russ and the two first round picks. Oh, no. I meant uh, uh, before, maybe a year or two ago, um, that Russ might be available to be had maybe as a rocket. Or, yeah, or, uh, it all runs together. Yeah, okay. Or, or um, and I and I hated that idea. I was like, not. He still had a lot of money left on his contract. Yeah. I was like, his style doesn't really fit what I think the Bulls should should do. And I hated the idea of him yeah. coming here. Now, completely different situation. Is this is completely different? Yeah, this is a hundred percent different. Prorated um, minimum contract. Yeah, it's it's going to be a minimum. It's nothing long term that you have to promise him. They need uh, a battery this team like they they need something to to spark something in this team and I think Russ can bring that um after kind of being I don't know if caged is the right word in LA but just not being who Russ has been over the course of his career with the Lakers I think this if he comes here he'll have all the room uh that he would need to be Russ uh, which is you know play hard all the time, a hundred percent effort, and that's something that's been lacking with this with this team from game to game is that yeah. that hundred. He would be fulfilling no. an actual need from that from, from that, the team from, from that standpoint, aspect, not necessarily yeah. from like a technical basketball uh, right. skill standpoint, but from like well that I mean not to no shade, but mm. mostly from like a fire energy, yeah. play hard standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's a that's a huge and it tells you what what Billy and AK think about this roster and what this roster needs. If their first one is Russ, and then also Pat Bev is on that list. Well, Arturis said it the night in, in Brooklyn. He said, "I've been on in on meetings with Billy Donovan trying to engage his team." Hmm. He said that, that was yeah. the exact direct quote. Mm-hmm. I've been I I've been we've. When he talked about his disappointment this season, he said, "We've been sitting in on, on I've been sitting on meetings trying to figure out trying to figure out ways to engage this team." He 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 sees what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say like people, I, I know people are angry with Arturis right now, but like he's not dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he assembled this roster. He wanted to give it some time together. Now I think you have enough body of evidence to know that it's not working. So I'd expect changes this off season. I hope so. I really, really hope so. I mean, fans are trusting him in that aspect. Yeah. That, again, like he sees what we see, what's going on with this team from game to game, and that he is going to be aggressive in making sure that culture shifts to the way that he envisions it this offseason. And I know fans are frustrated with how the trade deadline went and the the lack of movement, Uh, but – we just got to see what happens in the off season to really get a clear picture of what he believes is needed in terms of changes to this roster. And he seems very confident, like that he wants to resign Vooch. So that means what what what's happening with the other two major pieces, you know, on this team is going to be very very interesting. Yeah, but I would also uh, throw out the warning that as I did in print last uh, 
week that uh, he's not up to Vooch might have yeah. Vooch can be an unrestricted free agent so <laughs> I would uh, probably send a large contract uh, proposal his way <laughs> <laughs> and it's not all about money he's also yeah. said that on the record mm-hmm. so stay tuned on Vooch we will see now I, I think uh, a, a person the last thing I had a person that's really going to need this break coming up is, uh, is <laughs> yes Casey Johnson <laughs> Uh, Larry Marketing, good luck in the three-point shootout. I will not be watching. (laughs) Um, Is uh, DeMar DeRozan all-star? Yeah. Uh, So I'm very interested with this injury. Uh, One, if he does anything this weekend weekend in the all-star game, because I think he needs needs the rest. Um, How significant is that injury, Casey? Uh, and do you see it being uh, an issue for the remainder? Well, we're taping this Tuesday morning before mm-hmm. uh, he was. He told us last night after the uh, Magic loss that he planned on getting it checked out today. So I don't know if that involves an MRI or what kind of testing that involves. So we might have some more definitive uh, information, you know, after this podcast is is taped and and or released. What I would say is this: Demar plays through stuff all the time. This has caused him to miss one game. Um, all-star games are not exactly taxing minutes. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem if he goes out there and plays. If you remember, Zach last year played in the all-star game when everyone was saying, saying he shouldn't because of his knee and he's being selfish, blah, blah, blah. You guys earn this right. Players earn this right to be in this all-star game. It's important to them to be part of this weekend. They're not exactly taxing minutes. Now, if an MRI comes out today and shows like, a tear or something, then we have a whole different conversation, <laughs> right? right. Um, but the only reason why it was significant last night is because Demar revealed that for the first time that he'd been playing for this with this for six weeks. Um, he's having a he's not his this month his numbers are down, but dude's averaging twenty five points a game. I mean, it's not like this is like affected him. He has not looked as explosive this month, and he did miss one game because of that. Um, so it's certainly a storyline to monitor, but I don't think it's uh, alarm bells yet. Okay, okay. Um, he didn't play well last night, uh, and when he pulled himself out, as we know of Demar, right? He loves to play. I I was concerned. I was like, he pulled himself out. Sixty-two seconds left, down yeah. nine. It was kind of more like we're done here. I'm going to go to the training room early. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not downplaying the story. I mean, uh-huh. I wrote it. Yeah. It's, it was enough to get my beat writer antenna up. But mm-hmm. I, to me, it's we'll know more once we hear about the testing. Okay. I mean, again, he missed one game with the injury. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm not discounting that he's, it's hurting him and he's been playing through something. A lot of guys play through stuff. So we'll see where it goes. But I don't think it's uh, alarm bells yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, one more thing. I just thought about it. Actually, I, I I think we should end this on a positive note. I am loving the way Kobe White is playing basketball. Yee, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More than more than in the past. Yeah, it's, it's better. Like, I, mean, I I feel like he's addressed uh, a lot of the things that we thought he couldn't do at all. Um. Well, no, there were things that we thought he could do and then we thought he couldn't do yeah. because he wasn't doing them. And now he's like, okay, okay, he can kind of do them now. <laughs> yeah, like, Casey, you seem to, to well, disagree. No, keep going because I'm pulling up oh. his stats this month. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, that, this is what I'm focused on. So 
I've been touting Kobe all season. Right. I think he's made huge growth in his defensive play mm-hmm. and his ball handling and his decision making and his finishing. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely improving as an NBA player. Mm-hmm. I think he's a fantastic piece. I'm high on him. Mm-hmm. When I what, what, what was your act, my reaction was, and I just made it clear that the, I want to make sure the numbers backed up my mm-hmm. eye test. He's shooting 42% overall from the field this mm-hmm. month, 29% from three. Mm. Oh, well, because he's not playing as well as I thought. No, I mean, I just <laughs> Do you like, love that, Tony? I, it's just like, it's just like that, that's what's in my yeah, mind. Is uh-huh. I feel like he's missed a lot of shots that he normally makes, mm-hmm. okay? I, he's missed open shots, too. Mm-hmm. Now, this sounds like I'm hating on Kobe. I would have Kobe White on my team any day of the week. I love mm-hmm. his attitude. I love his professionalism. I love his energy. I love his um, commitment. Uh, he's a team first guy. He's a great teammate. I, I think it's way too early to give up on him. Mm-hmm. I personally would be playing him more than Isle. I'm a terrible coach, but that's mm. just. I was just gonna say that. I think I like I love Io, and he's a he is in his own right has a great basketball teammate personality, but. Mm-hmm. Kobe's been playing better. <laughs> well, I think Kobe's just got a higher upside. That's yeah. just me. Uh, so, but but the, my I was joking. My reaction was yeah. the eye test port. He has missed shots he normally makes. Now, what did he shoot from? Uh, what's he shooting from three overall? Uh, this season, he is shooting. He's down to thirty five point one percent, which is would be a career low. Thirty five percent is not horrible. He's mm-hmm. having a, he's having a bad month shooting yeah. from three. So. But I like I like the way Kobe's playing yeah. this year. He's shown um, a lot of growth. One percent. I'm interested to see what they what they do with him during the the off season. Um, they valued him enough not to trade him when really, teams teams yeah. were calling. He's really the only player or like piece I should say that hasn't well Vooch I guess maybe but like that hasn't regressed. Mm-hmm. He's, Overall, yeah, yeah. Since last season, he's literally the only piece that's gotten better and improved yeah yeah i mean io has i think io's shown minor improvement over last season just because he's been asked to do more in terms of running an offense i mm-hmm. think he's shown some growth in that but but he'd be a great I know what you're talking about overall. point guard yeah yeah if if the roles were properly adequate and look you get kobe goran io and alex caruso you know all play the same position then they're they're looking to add Right, another. Well, that's why if they oh. if they do add somebody in the bio market, everyone thinks Tony Bradley is going to get waived. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have my eyes on someone else. Mm. They got too many guards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a lot of guards. So I'm trying to figure out. Okay, who is who is that guy that's going to see the slippage in minutes? Well, it's not a slippage in minutes. It's loss of roster spot. They have 15 guaranteed contracts. Oh, Somebody's well. going to be gone. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, in terms of the guard space, well, somebody's. They, if they add mm-hmm. something in the buyout market, they have to waive somebody. They have 15 mm-hmm. guaranteed contracts. It's going to be tragic. Ooh. That's where my eyes are. I said on the pregame show in uh, Cleveland. It's Ooh. not going to be Kobe. It's not going to be Io. You're bringing in a veteran point guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Who's the veteran point guard the... that they signed in and the like, Honestly, I forget he's on the team yeah. half the time, so it's fine. <laughs> His minutes have gone way down, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, where I'm, that's where my focus is. Okay. Okay. Just not... Just not... With doing, du- the, doing the deed or it's just duplication. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if and if, and that he's also not yeah. that effective if, when he's in. If you're in the buyout market to add a veteran point guard, what are we doing here? Mm. He signed a veteran point guard last summer. We should so. just have five mm. point guards out there. See if that works. <laughs> five Javantes. Five Javantes. Yeah, five, five like okay point guard. Five point guards that are Javante like Green, that. by the way. Yeah, is he coming back? 
ever? Is he okay? <laughs> is he alive? That, that's that. That's like the standard beat joke. Like dead or alive? Dead or alive? Like, <laughs> Sorry, woo. That's what they call him. I don't. I've never called him that. That's the first time I've ever called him that. Yeah, that's his nickname. Woo. I, I know the reference. Was just we're not going to do that on the podcast. Oh, okay. It's, Tell me yeah. off the air. Yeah, off the air. Off okay. the air. I'm curious as okay. well. Yeah. Right. But sounds like a great right. way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> Mercy that killing. The, that is the Bullstock Podcast. Brought to you by Toyota. We will catch you guys later in the week uh this Friday. Uh we will drop another episode as we head into the All-Star break. So for Casey Johnson, for Tori Rubenstein, I am Tony Gill. Thanks to Claire Philby for recording this podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>